Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the 262nd episode of the Weekly Exchange. This week, we talk about Interstellar Space Genesis, Alliance of the Sacred Suns, Pax Nova, Astra Exodus, Stellaris, and much more. So stay tuned. Hey, Rob. Welcome to the show. Rob? Um, be right back. One second. Hey, Troy. Welcome to the show. Hey, it's good to be back after a while. Looks like I'm going to be subbing for Rob tonight. Yeah, Rob's a no-show tonight. <laughs> well, I'm sure he's got something important going on. Uh, it's good that we got uh, fallbacks, right? Yeah, definitely. Well, that's what I'm here for, to sub every now and then. So excellent, excellent. So, how have you been, man? I haven't talked to you in a bit. Uh, pretty good. Super busy, though. Oh my goodness. Mm. Yeah, mm. life's Business been pretty good. Good health, though. I'm thankful for that. A lot of people around me have been getting sick and having diseases of all shapes and sizes. Oh, jeez. Yeah, strep throat, flu, Ooh. all that's been Ooh. going around here lately. But thankfully, I've been in really good health. How about you? So far, so good. We'll see how it goes. I mean, this this upcoming week or at the time you're hearing this, up where I live, we're getting a nice little preview of the winter to come. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, even down where I live, like we're we're supposed to get some snow showers or maybe just a light dusting. I don't know how much snow we're going to get, but the temperature are going to be in the 20s or teens. Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah, we're I, we're getting down into the mid-teens. For yeah. uh, low temperature tonight, and it's not even mid-November yet. Right, and add a little bit of wind to it. Brr. Oh yeah, it's it's way too early for these kinds of cold temperatures. Absolutely. So you know, you know what it makes me think of? Um, outer space being cold. Exactly. You read my mind. So I say, let's just jump into it. All so right. the first item for today's weekly exchange is a small update from Interstellar Space Genesis. And uh, basically, the majority of this update has to do with balance and gameplay fixes. So like basically bug, bug fixing and things like that. And uh, one of the things that they're doing in this fix is they're making stronger orbital bases because normally in a 4x when you have an orbital base <laughs> they're very they're hardly an impediment past the first few turns in a game so they're trying to address that and uh, they're also increasing the cost of latex so when cost you're of doing latex late tech technology oh late <laughs> thought, all right where latex your... and i was like well that's kind where's of your... an unusual resource to Nerf, but okay. <laughs> Sorry. <Where's your> mind? <laughs> no, so, like in a lot of games, the late game technologies 
are either super slow or super fast. So what they're trying to do here is kind of find a balance where they're, they're, you know, you get to work a little harder to get to those late game technologies, meaning you either have a stronger science build throughout the game or you just have to kind of wait until you get it and hope that the ones that do get it before you don't wipe you out. So, yeah, and then like bug fixes, cert- like certain issues came up with... Um, w- What's an example one? Oh, let me find one that's good. Mm. Okay, so for example, leader desires for buildings, like I want this building built or that building built, not being actually manifested after you're loading a save game. So Mm -hmm. imagine Mm -hmm. before you saved your game and you left, you had this project going, and after you started, restarted the game, it's all gone. Like, you know, the the impetus, the drive, the impetus is not there anymore. So... I, I've had that happen in other games in the past, and that usually drives me nuts, where the end state of the current turn is not what you're coming back to. And I never understood when I was told things like, well, you know, each turn is calculated differently. And I'm like, what hocus pocus are you talking about? <laughs> you know? Yeah, so really. they're addressing that. But, uh, and you know, a couple of small fixes. Mostly, I'm just waiting to see when they introduce, they have a whole bunch of new art going in, so I'm hoping to see that and um as far as i can tell the game is let me let me look real quick let me look yeah the game is doing the game seems to be doing good on steam like the reviews aren't too bad let's see exactly where we're sitting at that yeah mostly positive 121 reviews that's pretty good in today's day and age with uh review bombs and things like that to have a small 4x have a score like that is pretty solid good for them yeah really without a doubt uh, so next we're going to move on to a book from the Alliance of the Sacred Sons. I, I mean, an update, just update. <laughs> it resembles a book, but it's just an update. So uh, we got three big things coming in, and I'll try to condense as best I can. The first is a global event. <laughs> it's kind of funny. A global event system that will affect the entire galaxy. Sounds like a bit of a a, a paradox there, but... Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, this is actually the type of event system that I love, and I'm really glad they're implementing it. So when a random event triggers, you're going to be given four choices, and each choice has two nodes. Mm-hmm. And so like when these things happen, they're actually going to be very interesting and engaging, and they're going to affect the game uh, quite significantly. Well, I shouldn't say quite significantly, but enough to en- enhance the enjoyment and make each playthrough different. And that's mm-hmm. exactly what I want out of random events in a 4X or grand strategy game in this case, is not just, well, for the next five turns, you get a 20% bonus to your food production. Like, now you got to make choices. Mm-hmm. And not only are you making choices, like, there's a, a, an axis for each choice. And I really like that. Um, Space Tyrant did something similar. And I really enjoyed it there. And I think this is going to be even deeper, more detailed than that game. So... I salute them for their design on the random event system there. Also, the Emperor system has been added, and this system will allow personal interaction with you as you play the Emperor. Um, However, this system looks like it could change because Mm -hmm. he calls this a first pass. And so uh, the way that the NPCs and things interact with you and how all this works could change based on user feedback or bugs or just problems that come with it. And then finally, uh, a, a story system was added to the game. And if you were wanting to play a drinking game with a podcast tonight, take a shot. 
every time I say story when I read this. So it goes. Oh, boy. Hold on. Let me get my drinks ready. There you go. There you go. Line them up. Line them up. You can pause the podcast if you need to. Mm -hmm. Added and completed story manager can now handle any number of stories integrated with saves and allows individual folders per story for ease of organization and differentiates between stories and events with upgraded story and event UI. So no, you you forgot a story. I might have. I might. You should have just so, finished uh, it with story. I don't really understand all the numbers and and jargon that comes along with this, but I imagine it centers around story, and so there's going to be more story in Alliance of the Sacred Sons. Which um, I hope that just one playthrough doesn't ruin it. You know, yeah, I, that, that's definitely a concern for any game of this type that you don't see everything there's to see the first time through. Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, you know, uh, maybe the developer will will hear us on that and remember to keep some things behind the curtain that you only expose a little bit at a time. And I think that would make uh, the game's got plenty of replayability. So I would just hate for someone to experience the story. There you go again. Um, uh, Are you drunk yet? <laughs> yeah. Really. Oh, was Not I supposed to be drinking? Um, yeah. I mean, I just would hate for someone to experience the story in one playthrough and think that's all the game has to offer when it clearly is not this game is miles there's more and miles story deep. to it oh yeah <laughs> there's more to the story <laughs> that's right that's right well nate let's move on to pax nova how's that sound sounds good so the pax nova story is that they have a wiki now so if you want to know more about the story you got to check out the wiki <laughs> we'll have a link in the notes for it And this is a collaborative community wiki. And I'm assuming that not just community members, but developers will contribute to it too. Or maybe the developers are too busy developing the game. So the community is working on it. But it looks pretty good. It's got some stuff already and it looks solid. I mean, it's it's um, they've been taking feedback, I think, for the last couple of months and updating the game constantly. So, you know... The, the wider community is starting to warm up to the game itself because they're so worried, like, oh, you know, in the past there was this, there was that, and this is an early access title, and I don't know if it's any good. And then Rob's been doing all these playthroughs, and people are coming, you know, like, it's getting more and more watches and comments, and people are really starting to warm up to it. And he keeps telling everybody, hey, this might be a big surprise, and it is. It's actually a pretty solid game, and they're con- they're still improving, and it's still in early access, and they're actually taking feedback, so that's very important. All right, cool. Uh, next, we're going to give you the story on Astra Exodus, and this is Dev Diary number 7, and about heroes and espionage. I really like what they're doing with heroes here, so... Uh, kind of stating the obvious, they say heroes are very important characters in the galaxy community. Okay, yeah, you kind of know that going in. But here's what you can do with heroes. Mm-hmm. You can assign them to one of three roles. They can be, uh, let me let me make sure I get the uh, jargon right. The, they can be an admiral, a governor, or an operative. Which, most of this you should be able to figure it out if you played past uh, space um, 4X games. So, as an admiral, uh, they can command starship. They're very experienced starship leaders, mm-hmm. and they give um, bonuses to damage and accuracy and all these things, which you would expect. Governors, on the other hand, focus their efforts more on improving the planet. And then finally, as operatives, you they can provide you with a way to um, 
sabotage, spy on your uh, enemies, uh, and um, subvert the enemy troops and this sort of thing. And it reminds me a lot of Endless Space 2 or Endless Legend. That Well, really, mm-hmm. Endless Space 2, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where you could put them in charge, a hero, you know, the, the story goes, you could put the, the hero in charge of a planet or a ship or, well, really a fleet, I guess I should say, a fleet. Yeah. And, you know, that w- those were your choices. And that's cool. But I also like how Astra Exodus here is giving you the option to turn him into a spy, a super spy. That's cool. Well, you um, could do that in Endless Legend. Yeah, well, th- that's not a space game, though. I was I was keeping it to oh okay apples okay to I must I must have missed that part yeah so anyway um we're gonna talk about endless legend a little bit later too by the way oh, okay uh, so anyhow yeah I I thought that's pretty cool and then here's where it really gets different from something like endless space two though mm-hmm. in endless space two you know you have kind of your three areas of expertise for a hero one is generally speaking more for um, being a governor of a a planet, or really a system, I should say, a system. Another is being an admiral for a fleet, and then one is just kind of generic. It's good for everything, right? Mm-hmm. Well, in Astra Exodus, you 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 can have up to four skills, okay? But those which four skills is going to be related to whichever role your hero is assigned to, and then each skill can go up to level ten. However, you're not going to be able to get them all to level ten. You're going to have to decide where you're going to spend your skill points as you go along. You're not going to be able to just max them all out. If you Uh play Endless Space 2 long enough, you'll be able to max out any number of heroes in all the skill areas. It's not just as a governor or just as uh, an admiral. You'll be able to max them out completely. And so this game actually forces you to make strategic choices. And it would be easier, I think, to just say, ah, you can have max and everything if you want. But... You know, I salute them for forcing a choice here, and I think I think that that might make the game uh, a bit more replayable because you're like, all right, well, this guy was an admiral last time. This time I'm going to make him a governor, or this time I'm going to make him an operative and see how good he is uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. sabotaging my enemy. So I, I find that fascinating. That, that's some good design work there, in my opinion. So I have something else to add for Astra Exodus. Now I'm not. I don't want to spill. What the surprise is, I'll let Rob do that. I think he's going to do a whole big thing with it. But there's going to be something that has to do with Astra Exodus. And it quite possibly might be exclusive to Exploraminate. And I will just leave it at that. Very cool. Well, do you know what Forex game is really story-driven? The story engine of Stellaris. Very good. Why don't you tell us about what's going on with Stellaris? We've been reading a lot about that lately. We have been reading a lot about it. They're back to their back. Well, basically, PDXCon is done, and uh, they just released Lithoids, the species pack, and now they're talking about the upcoming um, DLC expansion, expansion LC, whatever you want to call it, that's going to deal with federations and all of that good stuff. And this week, they're talking specifically about the galactic community, which is essentially the Space UN. Now... Of all the stuff that they have released so far, right? Uh huh. By far, this one is on my list of like stuff that I'm most excited for and least excited for. Oh, the I space, totally get it. The Space UN is 
easily in my top zero. <laughs> I give exactly zero you-know-whats about the space you want. I, I, as a game mechanic, I have never played any 4X game where they had any kind of UN organization in place that had served any purpose. Kind of similar to our UN now. I'm not a very big fan of the UN, especially the last several iterations of it and what they've been doing around the world. And I can, I will, I will lay the blame of what is wrong at their feet. And I have a feeling that this is going to be perfectly displayed in a much larger and more horrible scale in Stellaris about the atrocities that the galactic community is going to commit upon anybody that's not willing to walk their line, you know? Mm. Now, yes. if they make it like Babylon 5, it might be good. It might be good, but they that's won't. That's what we were talking about when this game first came out. They're like, man, they need something like Babylon 5 in it. Well, But they won't. Do you know why they won't? Because they're not good at it? No, that's not why. I don't know. That's what it seemed like lately. No, no, no. That's not why. Because Stellaris, at least this iteration or the version that we're talking about, notice whenever we talk about Stellaris, I never talk about multiplayer. Over all these years, I never talk about multiplayer 4X because I think that is a pox on the 4X genre. It's multiplayer. So all the time and effort they put into 4Xs to make them amazing multiplayer games... That's it's wasted in the majority of the community. It is by it is a huge waste. Yeah, there's five percent, seven percent, but most people don't play multiplayer, at least not in the traditional sense, because it's just the turns are so long. You know, if you do play by mail, that works. But I can't imagine a game like Stellaris play by mail. I, no, well, you can't. It's a real time game. How I know, but I mean, even if it was turn based, I can't imagine like. 150 people playing. Oh my god, sounds like a nightmare. Oh, Anyways, that would be that would be terrible. Yeah. That would be like one game of Stellaris for the last 14 years. <laughs> you know, having said all of that, the number one issue for me with any 4X besides the game itself is the AI. And the number one issue that Stellaris has had since day one is the fact that they're adding all these super cool features. The AI doesn't know what to do with them. The AI cannot implement them. The AI doesn't play the game with all these features. So they're adding stuff from one version, taking it out, adding a different version and taking it out. I'll give you a perfect example. The sector system. That's one of the biggest and most amazing things that Stellaris brought. And that's one of the horribly implemented mechanics. Now, I know plenty of people are going to say, no, what are you talking about? Sector system is amazing. Okay, sure. Maybe for you, it's amazing. For me, it is. And for most people that I know, they don't like the sector system. And they don't like the sector system because it doesn't work well. For us, it might work. The AI doesn't know how to do it. Whenever you take over sectors, whenever basically you take over systems from the AI and you look at the development, you're like, what was the AI doing here? How is it generating all of this income or all of these ships or whatever, you know, resources, this doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it does because the AI literally does not play by your rules and the AI gets all kinds of boosts. And this is always a case where we're, we get mad when we find out that the AI is being supplemented by coding versus trying, you know, making decisions. Right. Right. Definitely. So, and anytime the AI is actually really good, people complain because they're losing to it and they're like, I don't want the AI to (laughs) beat me. This is not fair. I don't play these games to be humiliated by a computer. So, you know, it's damned if you do, damned if you don't. But to get back to the point, in Stellaris, you want to have an AI that at least plays the game 
decently. And every time they add all these complex systems, the AI like doesn't know how to play. And it's like, it takes weeks and months for, and I'm not talking here about bugs or things of that nature. I'm just straight talking about how the AI plays the game. And, you know, it doesn't simulate a human player. It doesn't play the game well. And you're making the game more complex and more complex and more complex. That's good for the human. And as long as as a human player, you're willing to role play the whole game and like have this narrative running in your head, that's fine. But, you know, how is the AI going to use all of these things? I think poorly because, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's that's it. I got nothing else to add to that. Yeah, that's it. All right. Well, let's talk just a little bit about um, Galactic Civilizations three. It's getting a kind of a small update here. Version three point nine six has been released, and this one, the biggest change I think, is going to be to the planetary maps. It's going to kind of squish the maps more toward the equator, so that way you don't have useless tiles up on the poles of the planets. Mm -hmm. which is pretty good also they're going to improve the graphics there for those tiles a little bit and give you better color coding so that way you know what the heck is going on uh (laughs) and then something about jupiter has been told to stay in its lane and use its own gradient colors instead of mars's galsif 3 fans i hope that means something to you well, I, I'm, I can't, would you like me to venture a guess? Nah, let's move on. So, uh, <laughs> p- players are also going to start with a shipyard now. Now, in the early days of the game, you started with a shipyard. And then, for a while, they took that away. And now they realize the first thing everybody does is build a shipyard. So, if that's going to be the first thing you do every game, no matter what, then why not just start there so you can get into the real part of the game sooner. So, that's really good. If you have retribution, uh, there's also going to be a new starting improvement called an industrial center. You only get one, but it's a good way to boost your initial manufacturing power. So there's that. A couple mm. like bug fixes, like an exploit with uh, a trade exploit with hypergates. I don't know what that is, but it's mm-hmm. probably really good that they're fixing that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, a few other little things here and there. So. Good news uh, from Galsiv 3, and, you know, we'll be on the lookout for stuff about Galsiv 4 once we hear anything. Right. Well, I like how you you slipped it in there, well, where it's... Um, <laughs> the, good, the good thing about um, the trade and everything that... So, it's actually the good thing about the sales. So, oh, you don't have retribution. You don't have this thing. But if you get retribution, we'll give you this nice little advantage yeah, in, your, exactly, in your game. Yeah. Yeah. So a boost to sales too. But hey, you know what? They've been supporting the game now for three plus years and they're continuing to support it. So go um, for it. Wasn't that a 2015 game? Uh, it's like four years now. I'm pretty sure it was. Let me look it up. Was it four years? Damn. Maybe. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Well, maybe four years uh, with uh, early access. Yeah, perhaps? came out May 2015. That's when it was released. No, it was in Shh. early access in 20, 2014. Damn. Yep. We're four years on down the road on that one, bro. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, let's talk about this other title called XCOM 3. You heard it here first. It's confirmed. Okay. It's not confirmed, but <laughs> wishful thinking on my end. Uh, Firaxis posted a job listing. I mean, normally we don't talk about this stuff, but I'm just, I'm so hyped for XCOM. I've been playing it. I'll talk more about XCOM in the games we're playing, but they posted a job listing and a whole bunch of stuff that's covered in the job listing looks like, hmm, I wonder if, uh, is this Civ 7? 
which is this XCOM 3. So they got something. They're they're putting something together. So if you are looking for work, and I believe this is probably out of their Maryland studio where uh, they used to have Firaxicon, which was pretty cool, by the way. They had only two of them, which is it would have been nice if they would have had more. But um, yeah, go check them out. Maybe there's something there for you. And that's it. It's been a pretty light news week, which is okay. I mean, did you notice we didn't have any fantasy forex or historical forex to talk about? Any terrestrial forex, really? No, not at all this week. So, okay. Well, I'm gonna go ahead and fix that by talking about this week's what is game, and it is Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar. Is that how it's pronounced? No, Nebuchadnezzar. <laughs> Nebuchadnezzar, right? That's what I thought. So basically, this is a isometric, which is a three-quarter perspective city builder. But this is um, this is kind of like the old Rome and uh, Cleopatra games and things like that. And this this one is focusing on um, Babylon, Mesopotamia, and uh, yeah, it's kind of like a mixture between those games and. Maybe SimCity 2000 or something like that. It looks pretty neat. If you're, I mean, I think we told you listeners about this maybe two years ago that the city builders, that's going to be the thing for a while. So here's another one. It's a historical one. This It looks like this is uh, from a smaller studio, but uh, you know, the art looks all right-ish, I guess, I suppose. Uh, if you're into it and this sounds interesting, go check it out. We'll have a link in the notes. Yeah, let us know what you think. All right, this week we're going to have a mod highlight for Endless Legend. I kind of mm-hmm. teased that earlier here. So ah, this, mod has nothing, this mod has nothing to do with the storyline. Mm-hmm. It's all about the map. And this uh, mod is called the World Generator Full Custom- Customization mm-hmm. by a user named Enchanteur. And what this does is it gives you a lot more control over how the map gets generated when you first start an Endless Legend game. And it has some pictures of what those maps can look like, and they're crazy. They look nothing like what you would normally see in mm-hmm. an Endless Legend game. I love it. They're just, wow, they're, they're just all nuts. And so um, they give us a lot of screenshots on not only, like, through the islands, cause, you mm-hmm. know, Endless Legend is very famous for its islands that are all divided up into these provinces and things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it all it also gives us screenshots of, like, how you can change the elevations just on there. And it's extreme in some places. Just, hmm. uh, like, I don't know how many levels it goes up, but, like, there's one screenshot on here called Diamond Valley. And, like, I've just never seen that kind of shift in elevation in endless legend before and it's just so cool like even the shadows though the shadows are still projected in the right distance it looks mm-hmm. so good so anyway uh they they do a little interview with enchanteur here mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i don't understand any of it like it's all this <laughs> technical stuff about how he was messing with one thing back in 2016 mm-hmm. and gave up on it and then like something hit him like in a dream and he came back and so he could make this mod so i don't understand any of it i'm not even going to try to talk about it if you're into modding you can read what he wrote and maybe that will inspire you for other games also um his other recent project is a new a new thing for text called combo text mm. and it adds 90 new technologies to 
endless legend. Whoa. And oh, you can check that out. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. It opens up all kinds of new city districts and improvements and units. And it uses kind of the art and assets that are already in the game to do that. So a lot of it might be just things you would normally get from um, the minor factions. But they are changed. It's not identical. But it just Mm -hmm. uses those assets. So it's that's a lot. 90 new technologies. And then the way this map goes is quite amazing. So anyway, if you're a big Endless Legend fan... Perhaps you could check out World Generator Full Customization and mm-hmm. Combo Text to see if that might spice up your game a little bit. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Well, that's it for the main part of the show. So before we jump to games we're playing, I have a topic of discussion for this week. Now, when you let me ask you a question, Troy. When you hear AAA, right, what, does, what comes to mind? Expensive. Okay. What else? Um, larger studio, not not four X games. That's for sure. No, just in general. I mean, this doesn't. Yeah, that's what I mean. Necessarily it's like focus yeah, overpriced. X. More than I'll pay. I'll wait for it to go on sale, uh, way down the road. And what um, else? And then you know, non-strategy games. Something I'm not going to be that interested in. Okay, and that's it. So so far, it's mostly negative. Anything positive comes to mind? Mm, esports. Okay, I enjoy esports. I don't, I don't mind watching. Okay. Well, Even if I don't play the game. All right. All right. Fair enough. For me, when I hear AAA, I, obviously there's some negatives, you know, microtransactions, you know, recurring transactions, all that stuff, you know, live services, you know, the, the, the hot topic terms of today. But if I'm going to move back a little bit and before we got so jaded, the word AAA usually meant high value production. Mm-hmm. You know, all the studios got money. It's going to make a game that's going to be beautiful. It's going to make a game that's going to be vast, have a lot of like high quality, well tested things like that, right? Usually, that's that's what that's what at least used to mean. Nowadays, not so much. So I'll give you, I mean, I can give you dozens of examples, but I'm just going to give you one example, and this is for a game that I love, and I love its predecessor. And um, can, can you I guess? guess? Yes. Is it Red Dead Redemption 2? Yes, it is. Yeah, so it's PC launch didn't go well. The PC launch is a farce, a farce. And this is one of those things that I, I don't get. Like, we have, uh, I'll get back to the topic of how it applies to 4X shortly, but I will say this. We have these giant studios, and these studios are not, $20,000 studios. They're not $200,000 studios. They're not 2 million. They're not 20. They're not even 200. These studios are billion dollar studios. When they release these legit AAA games, the kind of money that they pull in, movie movies can't even scratch. No form of media out today like you know, entertainment comes even close to it. I mean, the closest thing that comes to it would be like the Marvel movies. And even then, you'd have to take a whole bunch of... Like, how much money did Grand Theft Auto Five make? Oh, filthy. How much money did Grand Theft Auto on 5 or Grand Theft Auto Online make? How much is it still making, right? Exactly, yeah. And then you take something like the Marvel movies, take all the Marvel movies together over so many years and maybe, maybe they're somewhere on level and the Marvel movie, if they don't keep releasing new stuff, new stuff, the old stuff is not making that kind of money. 
Whereas Grand Theft Auto V, like for Rockstar, just keeps making money upon money upon money. So the same company that released Grand Theft Auto V, they released Red Dead Redemption 2. The launch for the consoles was, you know, it was pretty solid. It had a couple of issues here and there, but they took care of it real quick. It's been out for more than a year now. It's still in uh, beta state for the online component. Okay, whatever. We're talking now about the single player or, you know, why is a game that's been out for a year released in such a poor state, right? Why can't they get these major bugs worked out? Sure, at this point, there's a million different configurations, but they're, you know, they, they need to get a better format for figuring out the minimum specs. Their answer for when there's a problem should not be, oh, by the way, go update all your drivers, you know? Most people that are getting these games have updated drivers. Most people have verified their cache. Most people have done all that stuff, and they're running into crazy problems because the game is just not put together well for the PC market. So sit on it another year and release a game that's just bulletproof, and then it's going to sell as as well as it did on consoles. You know, maybe not as much because there's, I think, more consoles out there than you know PC gamers out there. But still, it's going to sell really, really well. Don't release these half-assed games that cost an arm and a leg and have problems. I mean, we can talk about stuff like Ubisoft. Or we can talk about Electronic Arts or Activision Blizzard or or Bethesda or God. You just can go on and on and on. But like all of these are massive studios. Why are they releasing these janky games, right? Yeah. So how do we tie this back to 4X? to take care to take a guess uh i have no idea okay what 4x studio of late has been releasing games that have had not quite those types of issues but issues with every single release that takes them months and months to fix paradox yeah well they're not 4x games though what do you mean what is stellaris well, it's just that's their only one, dude. I'm only it, talking it, about yeah, Solaris. I don't care about any other game from. Well, no, th- I'll give you. You know Crusader what? Crusader Kings Three is coming out. We'll have to see I'm, how that I goes. I do not care about Crusader Kings Three. I'm my interest for Crusader Kings Three is at slightly below zero for about seven years. <laughs> In seven years, when they're done releasing, yeah, that's content the, for it, that's the thing, and. Yeah. They fix it and it runs well, and the modders have had seven years to fix it. I will care about Crusader Kings. Hell, I have Crusader Kings too. I have content for it. I haven't even seen yet, <laughs> but yeah. I have it, and I didn't get it for free. It's just that at some point something went on sale. I'm like, oh, I don't have that. I'll just grab it. You know, I didn't even think about it. But it's like there's so much DLC that in order for me to like play through it enough times to feel like, yeah, I got my money's worth, I'll need at least seven years, maybe six, if I if I play a lot, you know? So it's just I like... I don't doubt it. Ah, I, just, I just want like these big studios to play test the hell out of their game. So when they release the games, they have like a minimum amount of issues. People that are buying their products are happy maybe they're not happy because they don't like the mechanic itself but they're not complaining because it doesn't work or it's broken you know or it's breaking other stuff you know and that's that's the thing like look at our stellaris thread there's excitement for oh new content i'm excited but then the majority of people are oh it's going to break my game or it's going to do this so i know it's going to do that they still haven't fixed this thing this thing's been going on for six months so it's kind of like they got to do something about that you know yeah i agree 
so that's it. That was my rant. Or the do you have anything to add to that? No, not at one way topic of conversation. <laughs> no, I, I I haven't bought a AAA game at launch uh, in probably ten years now. So, mm. well, the last one I bought was Red Dead Redemption Two, and yeah, I don't PS4. I know it you was had a amazing. Good time with it too. Oh my god! Yeah. Oh wow, that game was. I awesome. haven't bought a console since the Wii came out. Mm. <laughs> okay, want one? <laughs> no, I don't All have right. time. Okay, don't have time. All right, so why don't you tell me what have you been playing lately? Uh, well, uh, it's been the Halloween holidays, right? So mm-hmm. I played a lot of Blitz because they mm-hmm. were having a Halloween event, and it was just off the wall, crazy, nuts. Um, tanks could turn invisible. Uh, you could shoot two shells at once. Just all kinds of crazy things going on for Halloween, and it was mad amounts of fun. And I played it so much that. After, you burnt out again? After November, or after October 31st, like, I haven't played it since. I'm going to play it more once we're done here, but it's, like, the first time in forever. I could have very easily earned a free tank mm. in the game if I had really played this week, and I was just like, nah, I don't I don't feel like it. So instead, mm-hmm. what I've been playing is another Halloween event in Thea 2, mm. and I love the Halloween event in Thea 2. It has been an awesome addition to the game. I'm going to be sad to see it go. It is so much fun. I love oh, I the have flavor. good news for you. I have good news for you. Oh, all right. Uh, I love the flavor of it. Mm-hmm. I love the the uh, the the little graphics that they added. <laughs> yeah, those, the, are those are silly but fun. They are. But I, like it just for whatever reason, it just really resonates with me. So I've been enjoying that. I'm almost 400 turns into my current game mm. of Thea 2. And um, I haven't tried the Pangea yet. I just like the islands. Oh, Pangea is awesome. Yeah, it just looks like it kind of, I don't know. No, no, listen, listen. With the Pangea, it's not necessarily one landmass. Sometimes uh, you have like three or four really big islands. And like, if you play on the biggest map, it feels epic. All right. Maybe I'll try it after this one. You should. You totally should. It is really good. But yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of the islands, so... I mean, you I still like need boats. It's not like you don't need boats. You still have to traverse water and you still have to cross. It's just, it really depends on what what spawns, you know? Yeah. Okay. Well, what have you been playing? So I've also been playing a game that's Halloween themed. XCOM 2, War of the Chosen, with <laughs> World War L on it, which is the zombies oh, that have okay. Halloween masks and things like that. <laughs> so, no, I had, um, I, that's all I've really been playing. Lately, I mean, there's another game I'm playing, but I can't really talk about it. So back to that. But um, I have um, I had a campaign that was going pretty good. And then some kind of a bug happened. Something bugged out and I could not save it. I had an Iron Man save and I completely forgot why I stopped doing that, especially when you have a modded game. Mm-hmm. So it's like a two thirds complete campaign had to be trashed and I had to start a new one. That's hard. So, yeah, and I'm I'm playing on legendary difficulty. I'm playing like, you know, I, I have a whole bunch of mods that really make the game harder. And I have uh, a couple of mods that add a bunch of new aliens and things like that. It's, like, it's so much fun. It is such an awesome game. And like they change the mission structures. And there's so apparently, I mean, I knew this, but I didn't really think about it. There's something called the Golden Path. And this is just um, for any game, the quickest way 
to finish the game, you know, the the pure experience without doing crazy side quests, without taking too much time, like the main story. So I found a couple of mods that alter it in some in small, some in large ways. And it's really making the game like feel fresh. Awesome. Like XCOM 2 War of the Chosen modded 2.5 or something like that. So I have an exciting game, which I will be playing as soon as I get off from the podcast myself. So I know what you're talking about. And uh, yeah, I agree. Thea 2 is awesome. Thea 2 is great. There's, there's a lot of like humor in there. And I like the references to like, between the Slavian version of Halloween or All Hallows Eve and like the Western version of Halloween, the little little <laughs> jabs. It's very funny. It's very cute. So yeah, that's that's it really. So uh, I think uh, I just want to thank our patrons for supporting us, for our community and our listeners and watchers and readers. Thank you so much. And um, thank you, Troy, for stepping in for Rob this week. No problem. My pleasure. And uh, since this is the end of the show, I can go ahead and say it now. This was, uh, um, we had made arrangements ahead of time because Rob, I'm pretty sure he has a crazy work weekend. He has like, sometimes he works four or five days straight. So I think he's on one of those shifts. So we knew Troy was going to be here. Right, Troy? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's our story anyway. Yeah. And uh, we're sticking to the story. (laughs) All right. Well. We'd like to thank everyone for joining us this week. We really enjoyed having you on the weekly exchange. This has been Troy and Nate for Explorminate. Take care, everyone. Story, story. See ya.